0: Hello, everyone. You're listening to the LockingYourSuccess.com Trading Performance Podcast with Master Trading Performance Coach John Locke, where it's all about real traders, real problems, and real coaching. This is episode number 14, and today I'd like to share with you an excerpt of the exciting conversation that Stephen, Dave, and I had in one of our Pro Membership webinars last week about developing and testing options trading strategies in the pursuit of reaching our impossible trading goal.
1: To me, and, and I think John would agree that are pretty pertinent when you're doing trade construction like this and analyzing it, the aha moment for me was, wait a minute, what if I just stick a mirror up to this equity curve? Flip it. It's pretty damn good, right? So we're talking about sell the vertical, a bear vertical.
0: Right, and we gotta consider too, what type of market were we in during the duration of the test? And for the most part, we were an uptrending market. Yeah, again, you know, one way you could
1: interpret the data is to say, you know, wait a minute, why don't I just do the opposite trade? It's a pretty good equity curve. Now my win rate would be 63%. It's pretty damn good. You know, that's, there's edge in that. Now, it's flipped though, right? So my average winner, Would be smaller than my average loser, but the win rate's so high that it overcomes it. Mm -hmm. And so that's that's one way to look at that math. And so you would have almost a positive profit factor of one.
0: And your it seems as though it's fairly six. It seems as though it would be fairly stable in our more sideways markets, and maybe lose some in our uptrending markets, but then do well in the downtrending market. Yeah. So
1: then, Yeah. yeah. So then the next part of the thought process is, you know, is there, you know, this is the thing we always go to, right? Is there a filter we can add to tell us when to put it on or not put it on? I did not notice necessarily a, you know, something that just kind of popped out at me, like a move, if it's above a moving average, obviously when apply volatility goes up, this trade doesn't really work because you're, you're too far away. You have to have a gigantic move for it to go in the money and if you're doing the bull version, but, and I'm I'm just discounting or I'm making the argument against, uh, adding a filter to the, to the bull trade and say, Oh, well, what if we just add a filter to, you know, the periods where it does work. So again, I mean you could kind of go down that road and try to make the bull version work, adding filters and so on and so forth. But it seems to me an easier, uh, the path of least resistance is go with a bear trade, trade it more frequently, and then maybe overlay a, a longer-term Super Bowl to take right. take advantage of the longer-term trend. Because remember, this is just one-day move. So it's like longer-term, the market's
0: obviously up, but in one day, you know, that's yeah, a totally one, different story. In one day, yeah, it does, doesn't seem to make enough to warrant the risk to, you know, bet right. on a one-day move.
1: So, yeah. maybe, so maybe you... Uh, combine this with a longer term Super Bowl, you know, I don't know, maybe it's the two week bull that John's working on, you know, not necessarily the 65 day version. And then you've got this, you're putting this on three times a week, and then you've got the Super Bowl working and that might give you a pretty powerful combination. So that's, you know, that's where we're at with this trade and in terms of how we might utilize it with the impossible challenges yet to be determined, but that's, that's
0: kind of the thought process. Right. And and just so everybody knows, we are we are continually working on displaying with different types of strategies like this to see if we can find a way in the market with the newer uh, explorations and stuff to put on something fairly consistently that has very little structural risk that would be short-term and could give us some really good short-term profits that we can do with you know like really small amounts of money and we're making some progress i have a two-week bull trade we're probably going to end up being more than 200 dollars, but i have a two-week bull trade that i'm doing uh, that so far is testing out fairly well but i only have a couple years in and of course i had you know stephen did this for us thank you stephen and mm-hmm. this that and dave's also working uh, on some other stuff as well with ranges and things like that and all this is good information if we if we can do this it it may give us a maybe i don't know if i'd say a better way to trade but it gives us some other options and you know i think we're talking Stephen, too is taking these short-term wins and, and building the account up and parlaying that into you know growth stocks or into some sort of a you know a parking portfolio or or something like that something that that you know gives dividends so once that you yeah once the trader i mean i'm doing that now right uh, i have my parking portfolio which i have quite a bit of money in it's extremely stable it goes up at a very consistent pace market crashes barely bother it it doesn't go up as fast as the market generally but like i said it doesn't go down very much either but the dividends that, that pull off of that are, are pretty high so you yeah. know, it's it's a way to basically Make some money maintenance free with spare capital that you have it's an alternative to what some people are doing who are making a tiny amount of money with this huge 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 amount of risk where if you had actually had a the right situation line up in the marketplace you could lose a ton of money you know that could take you years and years to make back so I think at least going through this and searching this out is it's going to help us open up our minds a little bit consider new possibilities and we'll see what we can come up with Yeah, hey John. you know what Oh, go ahead, Dave.
2: Yeah, I was just going to say, you know, the, I think one of the really great things about going through this process for, it's, it's not so much, you know, if you find all of a sudden you go through this process and you find out, oh, gee, like we looked at this one and say, oh, it doesn't work. But what you gain out of it is that in the process of designing, creating, testing, you truly do find what it takes to really understand the, the makeup of trades and how they truly affect you and how does it work in different market environments and how just little tweaks to certain things like like Steven was saying, well, two bucks, okay, two to three, you know, risk reward. You know, those are all variables that you can switch around and try different ones to see how they work. And, you know, it's, it's pretty amazing that what you learn actually by going through this kind of a process, it's not so much, you might say, well, gee, okay, I went through this and gee, we didn't find a trade that works. Yeah, but what you found was you you gained a lot of learning as right. to really truly understand how the market works, how these options work with different risk rewards, the time frames. There's so many aspects of this where I think anybody just trying it, as John, as you point out, just going out to you know try some impossible thing. There's so much value in in doing something like that, and you really don't get it until you actually go and try and doing it yourself. I mean, people can hear what Stephen put on, which was very, very well done and nicely p- portrayed here. But still, to be able to go through and actually, you know, try something yourself, uh, there's, a, there's a tremendous amount of learning in that. Yeah, and
1: two, two thoughts that that prompted, Dave, which was good is, you know, you, you may or may not be able to test this automatically in a say, trade station, for example. But what you would not have gleaned through an automated test was the fact that when IV is pumped up, this trade doesn't really work. In other words, IV gets pumped up when we've been selling off, right? So then you think, oh, wow, that's a good time to put on a bullish trade if you think you're gonna bounce. Well, more often than not, that trade lost because it was pushed too far away with the with the $2 constraint. So you're not gonna glean that from an automated test. I think that's why John you know, is not a big fan of backtest automation because that kind of stuff you're not going to discover and you know, there are places for it don't get me wrong and uses but in this particular instance a manual backtest was uh, you're going to glean a lot more for, from the trade and to Dave's point it might help you evolve the trade just having that bit of knowledge and another thing is is you say well you know I've got the high win rate if I flip this to a bear trade but but I do have that low average winner. So you can manipulate the math by saying, well, why don't I move it to uh, $2.50, make it more one-to-one. Does that work? You know, you say you take in a credit, if you're going to go the bear trade route, take in a credit, move a little closer to the market and get that extra 50 cents. Now, what does that improve the math? You know, the math right now is not bad, but then that next iteration is to say, well, you know, let's just play with, let's toggle the risk reward, get a little bit of a reward, lower the risk, in this case, one-to-one, and then what does that look like?
0: Right. Yeah, those, those are all really good points. And I'd also like to point out, too, is this is the way that I learned how to trade. When I learned how to trade, there were some trading strategies out there. People were were doing stuff like iron condor, stuff like that. And to me, that wasn't going to work for me. None of that stuff was going to work for me. And I just started throwing shit at the fan and yeah. run through it
2: and, and see what it does. And course, John, this yeah. is my, my continuing effort in learning is by doing this.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I continue and you continue it, to learn because the markets have been shifting around a little bit, right? Good. Good. Stephen. Oh,
2: the way yeah, I look good. at it, there's always, there's always more to learn.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's
1: endless. The, the one, the big, challenge and roadblock and it's elephant in the room is, is, you know, people are going to say, you know, that's too much damn back testing. It takes too much time. And it, and it did take a lot of time, but I would say, you know, at the end of the day, you got to put in the work, right. But the way I approached it was to say, you know, I'm going to commit to 20, 15 to 20 minutes a day. I'm just going to do some testing
0: as opposed to, I want to be a professional
1: basketball player and I just don't want to practice. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, but but to kind of break down this monumental task of man, that's a lot of back testing, you know, and I need a three hour window to do it all,
2: you know. You're I tra- you're, tra- you're trying you're trying to find somebody else to do those foul shots for you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when I sat down and did this, I was like, it was, it was simple trade. Yeah, I could do them pretty fast, but it was so monotonous, it was hard to keep the concentration level up. So instead of committing to three hours, you know, in a day to try to get a big chunk of it done and get burned out, I just did you know fifteen. 15, I've committed to 15 minutes a day. Sometimes I do an hour, some days I do you know, something in between, but that seemed to really ease that burden of, shit, I don't wanna do all this backtesting because there's so much of it. So that just just a little idea of how to kind of approach and tackle some of this stuff.
2: Steve, I I've found it. in my backtesting, the most effective method is to mm-hmm. have the music up very loud. Yeah. <laughs> and put your f- favorite music on and just get in the zone. <laughs> Yeah,
1: and if you can go, go and 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 knock it out, I know John likes to do that style, you know, where you just get a big three-hour period and and knock it out. But so there's some yeah. of the ideas of of how you can do it, but you got to do work, that's for sure.
0: Yeah, you do. Yeah, uh, it's it's just part of the process. I mean, if you if if you want to be a trader who's adaptable and is at a professional level, then you need to you need to do this kind of stuff. So you're not going to get the confidence just taking somebody else's trade and trading it not going to happen. That was awesome. A lot of great information in there, and I hope that you continue to follow along with us as we go in the pursuit of our impossible goal. To find out more, I encourage you to visit us at LockingYourSuccess.com so that you too can break through barriers and make quantum leaps in your trading and in your life. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of the Trading Performance Podcast. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to check out my Trading Performance membership, where we take all this material to the next level. We study it and we apply it to bring our trading performance to peak levels. Simply go to TradingPerformancePodcast.com, that's one word, TradingPerformancePodcast.com, to receive information on how you too can become involved and improve your trading. I look forward to seeing you there.